You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 114, Alternative Divination Techniques. So I wanted to go over the different divination techniques. I tried to list as many as I could possibly think of in alphabetical order, of course, but there may be some that are popular that I am missing from this list. So if you have something that I missed, please head over to Instagram or the website, whichwednesdays.com and add it in the comments um, so I can add that to a future list. But before we get into all of these different divination techniques, I first wanted to talk a little bit about what that actually means and what divination is. Because divination is often called fortune telling. And that's true. That is a big part of it where you are using these different techniques to sort of predict the future and see what's coming in the future. But that is not the only way that you can use divination. Divination can also be used to get clarity on the past as well as what's going on in the present. So tarot is a perfect example of this because the most popular three-card tarot spread is for past, present, and future. So you take a look at those three cards, the first one being the past, which will give you clarity on whatever question or event you're asking about. It will give you clarity on what happened in the past to shape where you are, what's going on in the present, any steps you should take right now, and then what's going to happen in the future if you do sort of take those steps and gain that clarity. So while divination absolutely is fortune telling and looking to the future, it's not the only reason that these different divination techniques are used. The other thing that I want to talk about before we jump into the list is where is this information coming from? So whether it is clarity about the past or fortune telling about the future, where are these answers coming from? No matter what technique you are using, who is providing this information? And there are a lot of schools of thought about this, and ultimately it comes down to what it is that you believe. Some people believe that this information is coming from their higher power. So if you are uh, of any sort of religion, Wiccan is included, but anything where you are following various gods and goddesses, it may be one of them that is helping you. And that is often the case when you are specifically asking for help. So it Say you work with the goddess Brigid most often, maybe you are doing a tarot spread around one of her holidays like in bulk, and you are specifically asking for Brigid's guidance, then she is the one who is pulling these cards or sending the images to you, um, in, scrying in a water bowl uh, and giving you that information. If you do not have a religious system, Um, A lot of people just believe that it is the universe. The universe is responding and picking up your energy and in turn giving you the answers that you are looking for or pushing you uh, in the right direction. The same way that when I do spell work, I'm sort of sending my energy out into the universe. I am asking the universe for assistance in certain areas. That's sort of what I believe when I'm asking, you know, the 
tarot cards my questions. I'm sort of believing that the universe is giving me assistance in that area and providing some answers. A lot of people also believe that it is your own subconscious. We have so many layers of our mind. I think we only use like 10% of our brains or something like that, but we have so many different layers and we do a lot of work to sort of reach those other layers. We've talked about dream work and shadow work and reaching those deeper layers of your subconscious to sort of bring things to the surface. So a lot of people believe that when you are using, say, pendulums or tarot, that it's your own subconscious that is the driving force behind it, that your mind knows more. It has picked up on little cues throughout your day that your conscious mind is just not reading. So it sort of knows um, when you're in a bad situation or maybe you think that this person is so wonderful and you're doing a reading on whether or not they're the love of your life, your subconscious minds may have picked up on little cues about them that it recognizes as not being a great person. And that will come across in your pendulum reading, in your tarot reading, as your own subconscious mind directing that information. So a lot of different ways that you can get that information. And there is no right or wrong answer, right? We don't know for sure that there are angels or spirits or whether it's your ancestors or gods or goddesses that are directing this information or whether it is just you yourself, your subconscious honing your techniques and pulling that information out of your subconscious. Could be a lot of different ways people believe many different things and it could be a combination of them. Maybe you don't always reach out to your ancestors for help. Maybe you only do that at Samhain or Beltane and maybe the rest of the year um, it's your own subconscious or uh, a goddess that you work with. It could be a mix of all of the above. So if you want to chat more about that, uh, definitely head over to the Discord server. If you have another answer of where you think the information is coming from, um, definitely head over there and chat with all of the other witches in the community. I've not checked in lately about how many people are subscribed in there now, but I know that the chat is always going and there are lots of people to help and it is a free resource. So don't forget to head over there. So let's get into the list. I am just going to tell you a basic description about what each one is about. And if I have more information on the podcast, I will let you know that, or if it's on Patreon, or if I have a guest coming up that specializes in one of these, I will let you know that as well. And I will have the whole list over at whichwednesdays.com so you can see the spelling of these in case you want to look them up more. And then each one, I will have um, a little more information, usually the Wikipedia link, so you can uh, start studying more of these if any one of them in particular calls out to you. So first up is, of course, astrology. This is probably one of the more well-known ones on the list. And this is divination using celestial bodies. The stars are really the most common. I think people really, when they're get, getting started, um, really have an interest in zodiac signs and birth charts. But don't forget that celestial bodies also include the sun, moon, and planets, as well as the stars. So this form of divination is definitely one of the most popular, even though in my opinion, it is one of the most difficult because there's just so many different layers. And the guest that I have on the podcast next week, um, 
his specialty is a little bit further down this list. I'll get to that, but he also does astrology and birth chart readings. And we talk about that in the episode. So, uh, it's a interesting to hear about that in the different ways, but there, I mean, it takes forever to fully study because there are just so many details about when the planets are moving, when the, really the earth is moving and how the stars interact with that, what the sun and the moon are doing. And not only how that influences your birth chart and, you know, shapes your personality, shapes, you know, sort of when big life events happen for you. We've touched on this on the podcast before. I remember Tara and I talked about this in an episode that if I wasn't confirmed by my birth time that I was a Sagittarius rising, I would have, or a professional in this area would have been able to figure out that I'm a Sagittarius rising based on all of my major life events happening in December in the Sagittarius season right before it heads over into Capricorn. So it's strange how those things really shape your life. And of course, it can shape the whole world around us as well, especially when you think about things like Mercury retrograde. That's a huge one. We all talk about it. We've talked about it in this podcast before, how you can't blame everything on it, but it does sort of make technology and communication kind of go haywire during that time across the whole world. So these planetary bodies have um, great influence on us. So people who study astrology and use that in their witchcraft use that as a form of divination, not only to see what's going on in their life, what may be coming in their life, but what's going on in the world around them or maybe coming up in the world around them um, during that time. If you are interested in this, um, I cover it sometimes over on YouTube. At the end of the month, I always do a planner video that plans for the upcoming month. And it does have uh, information in my planner that I share that is related to the zodiac signs, what's coming, the new moon, the full moon, uh, any sort of big pagan events that are coming and how that sort of is going to shape the month and shape the energies of that month. So tons related to astrology. Uh, Again, we chat a little bit about it next week. I've had various other experts on about astrology before. A lot of people include it sort of in their practice. And if it's something that you want me to dive even deeper into, um, I think we've had two astrology episodes so far, but we could probably do way more, uh, then absolutely let me know. I will have a poll up if you are listening to this on Spotify to ask which one you want to hear more about in the future. So let me know. Okay. Second on the list. I promise they won't all be this long. There's just a lot to say about astrology. Second on this list is cartomancy, and that is fortune-telling using cards such as tarot. And this, of course, don't need to get too much into because we have had episodes on tarot decks, oracle cards, and how to use those, and it is something that is featured every month over on Patreon if you're interested of using tarot. I think we've covered this enough that everybody is familiar with it, but the tarot deck is a great place to get answers about what's going on in the present, how you can shape that, what might happen in the future if you do or don't change your actions. It's really interesting. And oracle cards are a part of that. They're generally seen as a more positive version of tarot because tarot has some really like negative cards that can come up and oracle cards, oracle decks usually don't. But that is another way. You can also use a regular playing card deck. There, That's also an option. Any sort of cards that you have falls under the cartomancy category. The next two are interesting. So first is clear audience, which is clear hearing. And that is where you hear 
divinatory information. And I'm just going to go ahead and mention the other one is clairvoyance, which is clear seeing of the divinatory information. And both of these are really skills that you have to hone over time and you may never have those skills. I just have to say, whereas you really can sit down and teach yourself astrology and tarot over the years, it takes a very long time to learn and get proficient in. You may try working on clairaudience and clairvoyance and you may never get it. You may never get those skills. Some people are just much better suited to that. I personally am one of those that is never going to get those clear hearing or clear seeing skills. It's just not something that's in my wheelhouse. But both of these are considered a form, either hearing or seeing, where you are getting messages from, uh, like I mentioned, the the spirit, the universe, the higher power, whatever it is that you believe in that that information is uh, coming from. Like the name suggests, Claire Audience is hearing that. It usually starts as sort of your inner voice. And as you um, progress in your skills, you really, people have reported hearing something, whether that's out loud or in their mind, that is so clearly a voice that's not their own or so clearly hearing or seeing something that did not come from them. They are usually voices of love, encouragement, validation, but they could be messages of any kind, including getting warnings. And specifically the clairvoyance, the clear seeing, is what we usually call psychics. Psychics who have no way that they could have known the information that they they just shared. It just seems like they have some sort of special insight on future events, even though they have no previous experience or knowledge to fall back on. So the information seems to come from some sort of divine universe, supernatural ability to predict these future events that they could not have known about. Next up is crystallomancy, which is exactly what it sounds like, and that is reading crystal balls. But the term can also apply to gazing into reflective surfaces such as mirrors and water. Some people will call this crystallomancy. Some people call it scrying, which will be way at the end of our list. I'll talk about that too. So it's really up to you. Um, I use the term separately, so crystallomancy specifically related to the crystals and then scrying for the other reflective surfaces. And this just involves gazing into the reflective surface of the crystal ball. It can be any crystal. Some people consider the clear quartz original, you know, very clear crystal ball to be the best. But personally, I have a black one. Mine's obsidian and I really enjoy that, but it really could be any color or multiple colors And you just stare into that surface as you're in a sort of a meditative state, clear your mind until images start to come to you. And it may be a while before you're good at this. It is very hard to clear your mind sometimes. And it's really sort of that daydream state where you're kind of staring off into space and you're not really seeing what's in front of you or paying attention to it. You're doing that same thing towards the crystal ball and just waiting until images come to you. And sometimes they are very detailed, three-dimensional, moving around within the ball. Um, And sometimes they're much more out of focus and they're more shapes that you are going to have to interpret, sort of like tea leaf reading, which will also come up later on the list. But we had an episode 
um, all about tea and tea leaf reading before. And it's up to you to interpret what those different shapes mean. So crystal ball can be exactly the same way. Next up is what is called dowsing, D-O-W-S-I-N-G, or divining rods. And this is divination through a forked stick that is used to locate water or precious minerals. So before technology existed that allowed us to see into the ground and see what was there, people depended on this idea of dowsing. It's also called the divining rods. It's also called water witching. And that is how they would find water wells and also metals, gemstones, and even lost people or unmarked grapes. So it's never been proven to work in a scientific setting, but this practice is still popular around the world. So it's a method where you hold on to these sticks. Sometimes they're two separate ones. Sometimes they're connected. Again, I will have a link that that shows exactly what that looks like. Um, And just sort of focus and focus that energy and let it guide you to where that object is. And in your witchcraft practice, you're probably not using it to find an underground well, but maybe a lost object or something like that. And let those forked sticks guide you to where that object is. Next up is graphology, which you probably are more familiar with than you think. And that is divination through handwriting. And this is specifically to determine someone's personality traits. So you may have done this before where you study your own handwriting. I know I have. Um, where you look at the flow of your handwriting, certain letters to see which way they lean, to see how hard you press on the paper, um, the way you draw certain characters. It is all analyzed under this category of graphology um, to determine your personality traits. Next up is numerology, and that is the interpretation of numbers, dates, and the number values of certain letters. This is something I have gotten requested to have more information on. I just don't know if I have enough information to do a full episode on it, but you can let me know if you are interested. And, but I have had this over on Patreon specifically where I showed how you can change the energy of your house because your home's energy is based on the address numbers that are on your front door and how you can actually change that energy if you don't like what those numbers say. But there are a lot of different ways that you can use numerology. The most popular is probably to calculate your life number. So you can calculate um, your name and also your birth date to learn about different aspects of your life. And the idea is that you just, each letter of your name um, has a single digit number associated with it. And you just add those, keep adding those numbers together until you reach a single digit again. And each of these single digits from one to nine have a different life path number and meaning that can offer insight into what's going to happen in your life, how your personality is shaped, um, how big events sort of happen in your life and how you respond to them. A lot of fun things you can learn from numerology. And I would say that is another pretty popular one. One that is not as popular is oculomancy. 
And that is divination from a person's eye. And that is where you stare into another person's eye, similar to the way you stare into a crystal ball and get the reflections and images from their eye in order to interpret those. There are also different meanings for different eye colors and whether your eyes are closer together or set further apart, whether they're small or large, um, whether they're twitching (laughs) um, as the person is reading them. So a lot of different ways that you can read eyes. Next on the list is oneromancy. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but that is dream divination. Uh, Another popular one, and we have covered that on this podcast before, but that is entering into a state where you can really remember your dreams, um, keeping a dream journal next to your bed. And some people even will do different rituals uh, before they go to sleep that will help them remember their dreams and also help guide their dreams if they want to get clarity on a specific event, situation, person, uh, they will sort of direct their dream to focus on that to get the specific answers they're looking for. Next is osteomancy. And we talked about this towards the end of last year with Heather Lynn, the Wild Woodland Witch, uh, and it is reading bones. So there are a lot of different ways that we covered in the episode about bones um, in order to use them within your witchcraft, but one of them specifically that we mentioned is this idea of throwing bones to foretell the future and utilizing the messages that are displayed once the bones land in a certain way. So you can definitely head back to that episode um, if you're more interested in that, Um, or I will still have links for this. And we also recommended the book of Blood and Bones um, by Kate Frawler because it has images in there that show you exactly what it means to sort of throw these bones um, across your surface and see how they land and what that means um, when they land in certain positions, how they land sort of next to each other and where exactly on the surface that they land. A subsect of this idea is charm casting. So some people um, just aren't comfortable with bones uh, and collecting them and using them in their witchcraft, especially um, if it, you're not someplace that you could buy them you know, pre-washed. Um, a lot of people are very uncomfortable with finding them in the forest and then learning how to properly wash them and care for them. Some people are just not interested in that. So a similar method is charm casting. And um, if you are interested in this, this will be up on Patreon towards the end of the month that I will specifically go into all of the details about charm casting. But that is where you collect different charms Um, no one's set is going to look the same as any others. And you just collect these little pieces that mean something to you. They could represent you, other people in your life, certain situations. Um, You may collect a horseshoe charm and associate that with luck or money. Um, You just, the idea is that you just have these collection of charms and you cast them again across your surface, lots of different ways to do this and different surfaces to have. And you read those to see Again, how they fall, where they are in relation to each other, um, if they're you know, facing upside down or certain direction. All of those things matter in this idea of charm casting, which is similar to osteomancy, but just not using the bones. Next is palmistry, and that is the divination and interpretation of the lines and structure of the hand. And that's all that I'm going to say on that because that is next week's uh, guest um, is a palmistry 
expert. So I'm going to leave that for next week's episode. Next on the list is the pendulum, which is divination through the direction of the swing of a crystal or stone or really any heavy object that is attached to a chain. There was an episode on this on season one. So if you are interested more about pendulums, definitely head over there. But pendulums are uh, a very popular option. And that's again, where you just hold it and let it swing. Usually you are asking yes or no questions and it swings one way for yes and a different way for no. But a lot of people also use pendulum mats where it can go to certain letters or numbers or astrological signs to give you further answers. I personally enjoy using pendulums. I find that it's you know one of the easier tasks and I will hold it usually when I am making a tincture, a charm bag, something that involves combining ingredients. And I will hold the pendulum over after I add an ingredient and ask the pendulum, did I add enough of this? And it swings yes or no to let me know to add more. Lots of different ways to um, use pendulums in your witchcraft. Next is precognition. And that is an inner knowledge or sense of future events, which is a little different than clairvoyance because clairvoyance is specifically focusing um, to get that information like a psychic would focus on their client to see what's coming in the future and get those answers. Precognition is sort of where it just comes to you. It hasn't, again, been proven scientifically, but so many people believe that it is real and it's still is a topic of research. Um, So it's considered paranormal phenomena, but most people believe that they have had um, some sort of precognition where they saw or otherwise became directly aware of events in the future. I have had this happen to me. You let me know if it happens to you, but I have had something where I dreamed it and then it happened in real life a couple of days or weeks later, and then I remember that I dreamed it. And scientists say that that's not real. They say that uh, it's just a phenomenon where you're experiencing the moment so vividly that you think that you dreamed it before. But no, that's I don't I don't buy that. I know that I have dreamed things, and then they happen like exactly. It's nothing major. It's just like a sort of conversation that I'm having with somebody that I know exactly what they're going to say next because that's what they said in my dream two weeks ago. And then I've had that happen to me. So if that's happened to you, let me know because I think it's more common than scientists would like us to believe. Next is psychometry. And that is gaining impressions from a physical object and its history. So it's the idea of touch. So you take an object that has unknown history and when you make that physical contact with it, um, you are sensing its own energy field and it transfers that knowledge to you so you can figure out the history of the object, who owned it, uh, the personality traits of the person who owned it, the circumstances surrounding the object or its former owners. Again, this is one that you can sort of sit down and try to learn, but some people just have a natural ability for this. Um, I can sometimes sense the energy of objects if it leans more negative. So if it has like a really dark energy field, 
and I can sense that it's had like a dark history or been with like a not great person that I can usually sense. But otherwise, I'm, this is not a technique that I am great at. Another popular one is pyromancy, and that is divination by fire. So if you are a fire sign or fire person in general, you probably know all about pyromancy. And that is where the person observes the flames. It could be, you know, a secret fire, bonfire, candle, any source of a flame, and interprets the shapes um, that they see in them. There are different subsects under this. Um, and I will link so you can see all of the different ones. Um, but there are methods where you cast salt into fire or specifically burn plants or laurel leaves, bones. There are just a lot of different subsects under the title of pyromancy that can get a little more specific. But again, it's similar to water gazing or crystal ball gazing, where you just stare at it long enough to see images and shapes come to you, and then you interpret what those mean. Next is rune casting, which is divination by runes. Again, something that's been mentioned on the podcast, so you are probably familiar with them, that according to the Norse people, Odin created the runes as a gift to mankind, and the symbols were originally carved into stone. Over the centuries, they evolved into a collection of languages, each with a different set of alphabets and divinatory meanings. Rune casting can be done in many different ways. The runes are usually kept in some sort of cloth bag and then cast out onto a surface, or you can pull one at a time and see that symbol that's on there and get the divinatory meaning from that. But I am going to have a Norse pagan episode uh, coming up. So we will talk about more about rune casting in that. Under rune casting, it's a similar method, but different alphabet is the Ogam. And that is the Celtic tree alphabet. But it is similar in that um, the Celtic tree alphabet is carved into stone and you would cast it the same way. It's just using a different alphabet from the Norse pagans. Next is scrying, which I've already mentioned a few times, um, and that is divination using crystal, mirrors, a bowl of water, ink, flames, uh, black screen, like the black screen of your television, or phone when it's off. Lots of different methods sort of fall under scrying. I know I mentioned crystallomancy as the crystal ball being separate and pyromancy as the fire being separate, but they can all fall under this category of scrying. And it is all about inducing those visions and just getting into a mentally clear state and staring at your chosen surface until those images come to you and then interpreting what those mean. And last on the list is tassiography. And again, had an episode on this and then it's just reading the tea leaves that remain in a teacup once you have finished drinking the tea. This is something that has never come easily to me, but I know how popular it is. I do love tea, but um, the idea is that you drink the tea, the leaves are still in the cup, and you, um, if there's just like a little bit of liquid, you flip the cup upside down to let that liquid drain out, and then you flip it back over, and you see where the tea leaves remain in the cup and what shapes they make. And each area of the cup is a different area of 
life. And usually there are areas in the cup that are for past, present, and future. So you can get a lot of answers from the tea leaves and you interpret what those shapes are. And like dream divination, there are generally accepted guidelines of what it means if you see a bird or a dolphin or a cloud. Those generally mean the same thing within these different dictionaries, but if they mean something different for you, uh, birds, for example, some people are terrified of them. So birds are going to have a very different connotation for you than they would um, based on what it says in a Tassiomancy dictionary. So it really is up to your interpretation and how the images that you see make you feel. So I am not great at that. I do better with systems like tarot that have kind of a set meaning and you kind of know what each card means. Um, there's just a lot of room for interpretation in Tassiomancy. Uh, so I'm not great at it, but I do think it is absolutely fascinating and you can get tons of great answers from it. So those are all of the divination techniques. I know there are a lot. Again, the list and links about them will be over at whichwednesdays.com. So you can check those out. And let me know again in the comments, or if you want to answer over on Spotify, which ones you practice or most interested in, or if I left anything off the list that you particularly love as a method of divination, absolutely let me know. And again, head over to Discord to continue the conversation. But that is everything that I have for you this week on divination techniques. Again, I'll be here next week to chat more about palmistry. And otherwise, that's everything I have to say about divination, and I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.